0: Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick.
1: Alright, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for the VikingAge.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for... The Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow The Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at The Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com/slash The Viking Age. All right. On today's show is Adam Carlson, a a senior member of the Viking Age staff. Um, he's sure. here to help us try and uh, figure out mm, what happened. On Thursday night for the Vikings, they were up. They went up 29 to nothing in the third quarter, and the final score somehow ended up being 36 to 28. Uh, The Vikings defeating the Steelers just feels like by the skin of their teeth. Uh, We thought it was going to be a nice, easy blowout, just nice, relaxing type of night, but the Vikings decided to uh, make things interesting as they've done pretty much every week this season. So. My first question to you, Adam, is just, you know, how do you feel after Thursday night's Vikings win? Do you you feel relief, excitement? How are we feeling right now? Well, after the first half, I felt really good. I'll tell you that
0: much. Yeah. I've seen this Vikings team come out and absolutely stifle the Steelers' offense and not let them do anything. They couldn't move the ball whatsoever. It was quite a feat to watch because. This is the Vikings team that we thought we'd be getting through most Mm -hmm. of the season. Mm -hmm. And then Flowrider performed at halftime and it all went downhill. Oh,
1: yeah. Curse the Flowrider curse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, as soon as that second half started rolling through, the whole demeanor of the game changed. I don't know what it is. Minnesota's been completely incapable of putting together a four quarter game and playing well through the entire thing. And uh, I will say that. Kirk Cousins didn't look like his normal self. No. Minnesota was able to ride a uh, Delvin cook with two injured shoulders right. to a vic- to a victory, which kind of blew my mind that he was able to suit, suit up in the first place. But, uh, Kirk had two interceptions. The first one was a tipped pass that, mm-hmm. you know, you could put on cousins, but uh, let's be honest, it, w- it was tipped. So what can you do? Mm-hmm. The second one, uh, sure. He threw the interception. But immediately following the throw, here came that hand to grab the face mask and twist his head just like in the Lions game the previous week. Right. So
1: the the and, two turnovers, I don't know. And KJ Osborne's kind of stopped on his or he tripped, I think. Um and he wasn't able to complete his route. So that kind of probably Yeah, Osborne timing. after
0: the way he stepped up last week, I was expecting him to take on a bigger role this week. And if not for that one big catch, yep. he was pretty quiet.
1: Yeah. Um at what point in the game, I guess in the second half, do you start to feel like, you know, oh no, uh, the Steelers might actually <laughs> uh, they might come back? It was almost
0: immediately after halftime because Vikings fans know that it's either just feast or famine, one half or the other. And the way that Minnesota came out flat in that second half, uh, Steelers got the ball first, and things just looked and felt different from that opening drive. I don't know if it was that the Steelers were able to make some adjustments to change things. I don't know if Minnesota took their foot off the gas pedal a bit because we did see Minnesota transition a lot to running the ball on the first two downs and passing on third only if necessary, which don't get me wrong. When you got a healthy Dalvin Cook tearing things up, there isn't a really bad way to deal with that strategy. But uh, I I just – I didn't see – the complete change from Mike Zimmer when he came out and he was playing a little bit softer and he was bringing the safeties all the way back. You could feel the change in this Vikings team and the plays that were getting stopped no longer were. And it it felt like Minnesota once again, let a team back in rather than putting their foot on their throats. And that kind of football just doesn't win you games.
1: Yeah. I think, um, yeah, they were up twenty. They went up twenty nine. I in the third quarter, I think we we're all like, okay, you know, the Vikings are just gonna kind of maybe cruise to the end. Right, but
0: giving then, up a touchdown or two, not a big deal.
1: Yeah, then they gave up the touchdown to, uh, to Najee Harris um, after that terrible Chris Boyd uh, taunting penalty. Those uh,
0: corners were struggling all night, which kept the drive alive. Yeah, as soon as Ben started testing them, it, it just got
1: really ugly. Whether yeah. it was penalties or. Yeah, Being in the wrong place, or I would, just, like, to, I would like to say, no. I don't know why he didn't do it earlier, but he kind of had pressure in his face like the entire first half. So I don't even know if he had time to even just try and chuck the ball downfield. Oh, Ben was getting thrown around. Would Minnesota have five sacks on the day? They had five, they had four in the first half. Um, but yeah, they scored, but the thing is, they scored quickly. They scored, you know, at the end of the third quarter, their first touchdown, the Steelers did. Um, and then I think that was after. Then they got a uh, the uh, was it the Kirk Cousins? He had a pick after that, um, or that that might have been a, th- a three and out. Uh, I don't know. But they scored quickly, and within like four minutes of of game time, five minutes, it was twenty nine to twenty. Then um, you're and then I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like <laughs> like that. At that point, I was like, I I probably would have been more surprised if the Vikings won, but then you know. Kirk Cousins and KJ Osborne connect for 62-yard touchdown pass.
0: And let's be honest with each other, Osborne pushed off. Oh, for sure. But everybody pushes off. So <laughs> I mean,
1: Kyle so the, one, the people off that the are player. griping
0: that he pushed off, they, they've got some valid statement there because he definitely did. But the
1: fact it wasn't called—that's what makes a difference, I guess. Yeah, everybody pushes off though. Like you just—it's just the people that get caught that you know um but yeah sh- sure i'm sure but i'm sure the steelers player was grabbing him and stuff too so you know he's oh i'm sure there was jostling like, and yeah, yeah it's, pushing it's, around it's the whole way so what happens you know i'm sure if the the tables were turned we'd be complaining about he pushed off you know oh yeah vikings fans have never been in that situation before no no Um uh, definitely not in the you know playoffs in the 70s against the cowboys <laughs> um but they went up 16 and it's like okay like this there's, there was still, I think, like 10, 10 or 11 minutes left, and you're like, okay, I think I think they got this. But then the Steelers cut it to eight, and you're just getting a little worried, and they got the ball, drive down the field, the final drive. They did still need a two-point conversion to tie up the game, um, but the Vikings were able to pull it together, and Harrison Smith kind of saved the day with that, that final uh, hit to knock the ball loose. Um, Ben's
0: last throw of that game felt so much like what Jared Goff did at the end of that Lions right, game. Right. And it was all, it felt like it was just a repeat of that exact same thing and and the fact that the result was different saved the game for Minnesota, but it also showed that maybe things aren't changing in Minnesota the way they should.
1: Yeah, it's it it did look very uh familiar deja vu-esque. Um so I guess my question my next question for you would be like at this point in the season for the Vikings, are you expecting any of the, these bad habits that seem to pop up every week to change at all?
0: Oh, we've seen some minor changes like on that last drive minutes, the Minnesota Vikings uh, under Zimmer. They, they didn't pull the corners back and go into the the safety prevent everything with, with uh, allowing everything to go. But He still didn't commit to a regular defense by dropping the the safeties back. And I don't know why you would move away from what was working because it didn't seem like the Steelers were making a lot of adjustments for Minnesota to have to deal with. It was just Minnesota shooting themselves in the foot a bit by doing things that they typically don't.
1: Yeah, I didn't think they wanted to give the – give up the deep ball. I think that's why they, he kept the the safeties back, but still well, at the same let's time. Let's be I'll a little probably... bit honest about Harrison Smith. <laughs> ha- Harrison Smith's a good
0: player, very good player, yeah. but he's at his best when he can patrol the field oh, closer sure. to the line of scrimmage at times. For sure. And when you drop him back, you take away a lot of what he does very well. You take away the, the ability to hide things from the defense because, you know, the, there were times when Mackenzie Alexander would drop back and Harrison Smith would rush through, but Minnesota didn't disguise any defenses no. on that, especially on that last drive where everything was very straightforward. And when you got a quarterback like Ben Rothsberger, even though he's set to retire after the season and doesn't look like the player he was when he was a super bowl champion, he can pick apart a defense. Oh, he's yeah. not a, a dumb quarterback or a bad quarterback. He is a capable quarterback. And we saw a cap- a quarterback who isn't as capable and Jared Goff do it last week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, they had a lot of success with bringing pressure in the first half, and I feel like they kind of got away from that in the second half. Just kind Absolutely. They probably were like, oh, we don't need to do that. Um, if you look like, at the
0: guys that got sacks, there were a lot of really interesting people that got through and got those sacks. Yeah, like Watts
1: and Kendricks, like guys that typically don't get the sacks, but and Sheldon Richardson. Um, but, yeah, they, they kind of got away from that in the second half, which I think has kind of been the, the problem. For most of the years, like, they get a lead and m- whether it's Mike Zimmer or, or somebody else kind of just goes to a more conservative, let's not lose the game, game plan. And instead of just staying aggressive until probably, you know, like the last few minutes of the final quarter, they don't. And then it comes back to bite them and you'd think they would learn by now after this happening so many times this year. But it doesn't... uh doesn't seem to happen, but who do you think deserves um, the most blame for for some of these Vikings collapses this season? Is it more on the players, the coaches, injuries? You know, what do what do you think?
0: I actually talked about this over on the Purple People Podcast with my guys over there, and I, I think that the Vikings aren't being put in the best situation to succeed more often than it is players failing their assignments. I mean, what is going on with Rashad Hill that he has yeah. been regulated to third string behind Ole Udo, who hasn't been able to really stop much of anything? No. Has gotten a penalty in each of his starts. Uh, Hill started the season very well, actually, at left tackle. Uh, and he, I, I'm not sure what the thought process is there, but, and then you got time management with, teams being allowed to go down the field and score at the end of halves yeah. at the end of game where it's mm-hmm. prevent. This is definitely all, I won't say all on the coaching because there have been some mental errors by players, but mm-hmm. you can't put it all on the players when the players aren't being put in positions to succeed. And right now, Minnesota is making some really interesting decisions that I don't think are best for the team, but and again, you know, I'm not a head coach, so. Maybe there's something going on that I don't know about or right. I'm seeing things wrong. I I don't know, but this is the way this defense is letting up and some of the decisions that are being made on offense, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you can
1: probably, if you look at it, really you can just divvy it up among probably three groups, and that's the players, coaches, and even some for Rick Spielman because at the end of the day, the players are supposed to go on the field and make the plays. Right, you know, coaches. Coaches can't do that for them, but the coaches need to prepare these players, you know, for certain situations, you know, end of half situations, and then the general manager, Rick Spielman, he has to provide the, the coaches with the players who are willing to, you know, buy into the game plan. And, and Minnesota's
0: uh, whiffed so many times on the yeah. offensive
1: line, and and that it, and just and the defensive guys, you know, a lot of these guys are on one year deals. I'm not so sure, you know, if they're more concerned about, you know, making. Their own selves look good so they can get a better contract next year or or, or whatever, because that's that's a thing. You know, Patrick Pierce, he said he came to Minnesota because he knew Mike Zimmer could, you know, maybe try and help him get back on track. Uh, and,
0: you know, Bashad Breland was sad that he couldn't
1: return to the Chiefs. Right. So, you know, it it's just a lot of factors, I think. Coaching does have a lot to do with it, but at the same time, like I said, you have to have players that want to buy into it and not kind of just hear one ear, hear it one ear and, and out the other. Um, well, the players look completely bought in in that first half, for sure.
0: That strategy that was sold to them, they executed it extremely well. And then when there was that shift at halftime, maybe that's where the 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 players are kind of getting lost in in what's being asked of them because it's not really
1: as aggressive as they want it to be. It looked like they used a lot more um, more of their backups, in, at least on the defensive side of the ball, in, in the second half, at least in the third quarter, where they were like, you know, we got some guys who are banged up, so let's give some other guys some playing time. And that kind of backfired on them, like with the Chris Boyd thing. Yeah. Um, I know Breland went out because he got sick or something, so Boyd had to go in. Um,
0: but I've been harping on the coaching. But I do have to give some major props to one thing. Uh, Minnesota made an adjustment. They took Blake Brandell, offensive lineman, yeah. and they converted him for a little bit into a blocking tight end. Right. And doing that really opened up some lanes and, and let Delvin Cook run and be the Delvin Cook that we know he can be. Some of those holes were absolutely massive. Even after the game, he, he was joking. He he looked at the sideline reporter and said, you could have ran through those holes. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, she probably could have. I mean, why not? But it's not every decision that the Vikings make that that is baffling. They they do make some good choices. And with Ben Elfson out on IR, having someone to be able to step in and do that, I mean I I kind of want to see Blake Brandel catch a pass as a tight end. <laughs> Kinda of wanna see it happen. But first we gotta make sure Minnesota gets some wins before we start
1: getting too fancy. Yeah, and so sticking on that note, kind of a more of a positive uh approach to last night's game because the vikings did win yeah um, as much as you know it might be hard for some to believe if you go on the internet or or whatever they did win uh but you know so what were some of you mentioned the the success i guess of of blocking for for dalvin cook you know what were some some other positives you kind of took away from the vikings win last night
0: another big positive even though it didn't result in a ton of yards Kirk Cousins targeting Justin Jefferson 15 times absolutely shows that he has immense faith in him to make plays when he he gets opportunities. And honestly, the fact that he only completed, I think, 14 passes, and I think seven of them were to Jefferson, that says a lot right there. He hit
1: a couple drops, but still made a bunch of plays too. Um,
0: Uh, Defensively, it was nice to have the two big boys back in the middle to be able to clog things up. Uh, Najee Harris is one heck of a runner when he gets an opportunity. Yeah. And they contained him fairly well, especially in the first half. Uh, Big Ben, I think at halftime, only had 59 passing yards or something like that. And Minnesota, just it was, it was this night and day situation. <laughs> so it's hard to really evaluate this game because you can't say, well, the passing offense was good when in the second half, it kind of just fell apart and a lot of sailing, a lot of running. Uh, the only real consistent thing was and Cook, but even Cook, who looked like he was going to have a record-setting day on the ground, he slowed down as the game went on, and I don't understand what changed there either. That had to be some defensive strategy change from Steelers at halftime. It had to be.
1: For sure, for sure. They definitely made adjustments. I think Mike Zimmer pointed that out after the game. Um, but I will mention that the Vikings did not let the Steelers score in the final two minutes of the first half, so they deserve a pat on the back. I was joking that. about that on Twitter as well. So that I, I was expecting
0: it—the first score to come at that point, right? And when it didn't, I was like, "Okay, maybe this is different."
1: Right. And then they came back in the second half and proved that, Nope, still the same. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just just going up the defense. Yeah, the defense looked really—they looked like a Mike Zimmer defense in the first half. You know, I think this was the first time all season we've seen Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, Anthony Barr, and Eric Kendricks all on the yes. field at the same time, which is ridiculous to think about that it took that long. But, you know, that's injuries. And can you imagine if they had, you know, Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter on the field? Like, right. I mean, that would be the defense. That's the defense that Mike Zimmer was like, OK, we I can roll with this, this defense. But how did Minnesota end up in this situation again? Where he's got two defensive ends
0: that are both backups starting games. Mm -hmm. It's just baffling because Minnesota has done so good in the past of always having these defensive ends, whether it was Brian Mm -hmm. Robinson, Everson Griffin, Jared Allen, whoever it was back in the days, just dominating. And the last two years, Minnesota has been left with these, these players that they just had really nothing, had no intention on starting, playing significant minutes. And having Sheldon Richardson move over to defensive end at times, he's looked all right in that role. Yeah,
1: and Armin Watts, I feel like his has played pretty good in his. Uh,
0: he's an his underrated playtime. player, but underrated big guy. He knows when to get his mitts up on a football. That's for sure. For he sure. can he's, swap those things.
1: I feel like he's much better than as a, a depth guy than Jale- Jaleel Johnson was able able to ever really. Oh, absolutely,
0: one thousand percent on <laughs> that. <laughs> um, but
1: don't tell Jaleel that on Twitter.
0: He'll get right, back at you. Yeah, yeah,
1: he will. Um, as far as the defensive end goes, like they just had bad luck. I feel like you know the it's the, been so unfortunate. yeah the hunter neck injury and then this year with the torn pack and you know, like those are those are things you obviously it's football guys are gonna get hurt, but those types right. of injuries you can't uh predict that that's gonna happen and then the thing you know and
0: right now what everson's doing is best for him so oh for sure absolutely yeah. no reason to rush him back, let yeah. him get set
1: to and ready to return when he can. He is eligible to play against the Bears, though. He um, only had to be out for three games. So if he's if he's ready, then that's what, yeah, like you said, that's what matters. If he's ready to come back against the right. Bears, he can. He, You know, I feel like he'd be a big help, but that's up to him and, and his family and, and the, the Vikings and if they think he's he's ready to come back if he is at all. But um, he, I'm sure the Vikings would love to have him back on the field. For like sure. Add even someone else to this team to try and get – into the playoffs because the Vikings are still in the playoff hunt. Uh, with like I, there's like 12 teams out of the 14 in, in the hunt, even the Lions, I, I don't think are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet.
0: Yeah, I think the only uh, team mathematically eliminated right now is the Texans, right?
1: I think so. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Um, all right, so these look, next four games are going to be absolutely huge for the Vikings. So, oh, yeah, as I wrote over on the Viking Age in my takeaways. The next four games for the Vikings are all conference games. Mm-hmm. Three of them are against division opponents. Mm-hmm. And one of them is against a team that they will be fighting for a spot with for one of those wild card spots. Yeah, so yeah. that those games are going to be absolutely essential. Uh, the problem is, is that Minnesota does seem to play to their opponents. Mm-hmm. And the Bears aren't a great team, but I expect Minnesota to play to that. The Rams and Packers are are good teams, and I expect Minnesota to play to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I don't know if Minnesota can get it done because the more that I've watched them this season, the more I get scared that <laughs> it's going to be another down to the last moment eight point game or
1: seven point game.
0: Well, yeah, and why would you think it's any essentially going to be a coin flip?
1: Why would you think any other way? Because I believe they've played what thirteen games, and twelve of them have come down to like the last play. Yeah. Um so there's there's no reason to think that that won't continue. It's that it's week 13, 14 or whatever, so it's going to keep happening. And you mentioned the Bears. That's who they they play uh next on Monday night in Chicago. Every Vikings fan knows that it doesn't matter what the Bears record is when you go into Chicago, especially right. at night in November or December. That game's going to be tough. Um and so. you never know what that weather's going to be like. I know that tonight
0: here, where I'm living, we're expecting seven to twelve inches of snow. So yeah, I don't know how the
1: weather's going to be down that way. If Justin Fields is back, you know, that's something I could see getting you know out of hand for the Vikings, where you know he's on national TV and uh, you know he's a young quarterback trying to make a name for himself. I could see him.
0: Do we get to be happy for Kirk for getting a primetime win?
1: Yeah, sure, fine. We, we can do that, and it, it was over a, a team with a winning record too. So you can, you can give that to him. I wouldn't. I'm sure he wouldn't say that uh, he was a big reason for the win, but he made some plays when when they needed him to. It wasn't. He looked good team. in the primetime purples. He did. So yeah, you can you can <coughs> give him the primetime win, uh, but I think you should put a lot of uh, the win on Dalvin Cook's shoulders uh, for sure. No pun intended. I guess. Um, Going and on. what was up with the kicking at the beginning of that game? Yeah, it's it's the Vikings kicker. What? But what, what? It wasn't just the Vikings kicker though. <laughs> oh yeah, it was the Steelers kicker too. And he's um, been insanely accurate this year. I didn't like that. I didn't like though the Vikings went for or they kicked the field goal on the first drive. I think it was like fourth and three or or fourth and two, and they were on the Steelers' side on the Steelers' side of the field. And I'm like thinking to myself, like Mike Zimmer, go for it. Your job's on the line. What like? Why? Why are we trying to kick field goals still? Like, what? What what are you gonna lose? I don't mind trying a fifty-three yard field goal, but indoors, definitely, it's okay.
0: There has to be a little bit of that. If the decision had been made by Zimmer
1: to go for it, I wouldn't have been mad. No, no, nobody would have. That's the thing. Like, (laughs) like if they because they missed a field goal and they got the ball in the same spot, right? Um, So, and that's something like you got to think about too. Like, if they miss it, then. Okay, then they're going to get the ball anyways. Um, But speaking of Zimmer, a lot of people, including myself, think like this is just going to be his last month pretty much as as the Vikings head coach, regardless of what happens. Uh, But what do you think has to happen for Mike Zimmer to keep his job for another year, if there is any way for that to happen?
0: If the Vikings win three of these last four and Minnesota gets a playoff spot, I think Zimmer can stick. But I don't think so. I do, I do. But I also have a little bit of a question in the back of my mind that we've seen Mike Zimmer be—I I don't know if "exhausted" is the right word—but he looks like he's this game is getting burnt, to him in a really bad way. Burnt out. Yeah. So he's got his family. He's—we've seen some of the texts with him and his he's kids. And by the five. way, while we're talking about this, fans. <laughs> don't send threats yeah. to mike zimmer's daughter about his right. grandkids right right come on yeah it's pretty but scary. yeah i mean this could be an opportunity for mike zimmer to to say hey this game's kind of passing me by a little bit i'm exhausted i've been doing this for a
1: long time yeah it's what if time he for me to hang it up i feel like that would be i could see that happening cuz like i said he's 65 he's got grandkids now right I'm sure... He loves he loves football. Obviously, it's his. He's got a supermodel girlfriend he can hang out with. He's doing all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because this, especially this season, like a lot of those guys in the locker room, are probably like Ugh, I feel like I want to retire. Uh,
0: Even if Mike Zimmer is fired, I feel like we're going to get the the retired instead of the or mutually parted ways instead of f- fired or let go because I I do think that the Wilf family has an insane amount of respect for both Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. He deserves it. I feel like
1: he's been here. He's been with the Vikings for almost eight years. Yeah. And he helped them get from the bottom of the league, turn them around, brought them all the way to the NFC championship. Whether you think that season was, you know, an anomaly or whatever, he did that. Um, we don't talk about the Blair Walsh miss. Who knows what would happen in those right. playoffs? If they won that game, um, they, he, they had a fun game against the Saints, too, in twenty twenty nineteen. You know, just right. the last few years haven't gone the way that anyone planned. But I think he deserves a respect. I see, yeah, like a lot, of, a lot of things like fire Zimmer, get him out of here. Uh, you know, he, he shouldn't even be around the next game. It's like at, at, at some point you got to like, I understand you want him to be gone, but the dude deserves like a pat on the back for what he was able to do during his time with the Vikings.
0: And I understand the argument too that mediocrity is not okay. No, you've got to strive for greatness. Yeah, and Minnesota's had too many seasons where they're, you know, eight and seven or you know eight eight and eight or nine and eight or whatever it's going to be this year. (laughs) Who knows the math? I don't even know eight eight and one. (laughs) But yeah, these seasons where they're kind of wavering around five hundred. Sure, sometimes they're good enough to get in the playoffs and and maybe even win a game, but. Looking back on it, were these teams ever really Super Bowl contenders? Not really. They, they were underdogs, mm-hmm. and, and we were hopeful about it, but they weren't
1: championship caliber teams at that time. Well, would you would you have rather, let's say, you know, I'm sure you can ask a lot of Vikings fans, would you have rather had to been able to root for the Vikings for the last few years or root for the Jets? Because I think a lot of people would be like, oh, we'll root for the Vikings for sure. Right. Because you want to be the Jets and win three games every year? Like, how, how do you even do that? How do you stay a fan of a team like that? It's, it's very it's hard.
0: It's got to be frustrating. It's not like the Vikings didn't have bad years. There were definitely some dark years for Vikings fans over the for last sure. few years,
1: but at oh, least
0: Minnesota's it. been competitive and has oh. made the playoffs a few times and they're not a garbage franchise, no matter how much Packer fans try to tell you on Twitter.
1: Yeah, that's that's the blessing and the curse of, of Mike Zimmer's teams are that they're not, typically they're not going to get blown out. Right. But they're not also going to blow out a team. The games are always going to be pretty close. Um, and the last, you know, two seasons, they haven't been able to squeeze out those wins, maybe as they should have, or that they did in the past. Um, that's probably because their defenses were better. Um, but that's that's yeah the, under Mike Zimmer the Vikings I, maybe his first couple of years they, they lost uh, some games by double digits but it doesn't happen very often Um, so yeah I think he is, just deserves a little respect on the way out because right. he's, he's done a lot for the franchise and I think looking back on it people will be like yeah he was he was you could argue he's easily the third best coach in, in Vikings history behind uh, sure Bud Grant and and Denny Green. Um, All right. So, last question for you is What is your confidence level about the Vikings making the playoffs this season? Are we going high, low, medium? You know, where are you?
0: I'm not sure. After that win, Minnesota's still on the outside looking in, right? Uh Yeah. Okay. So, they've got to catch up a little bit of ground.
1: Yeah. Because the Uh, Miners have the tiebreaker.
0: the Niners have the tiebreaker. I, the, they, they'd have to beat the Rams for the other tiebreaker. I think well, otherwise like better, the better
1: conference record and stuff too.
0: Washington football team is the only other squad in the pitcher above Minnesota right now, other than the Eagles, who are also on the outside right. looking in. Right. And the Eagles got Gardner Minshew, so you can
1: never count them out. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles are always in the hunt. Like, you think they're bad? Like, and then it comes like week. 16, 17, I guess 18 now, and they're still right there. It's so annoying. But
0: sadly, I, I do think that when Week 18 rolls around, the trend's going to continue, <laughs> and we're going to have that backup quarterback in there for the final game of the season. So
1: I hope you're ready for Sean Mannion against the Bears. Oh, you think the Vikings are going to be like in the playoffs already, and then sitting? Oh no. Oh no, I'm I'm the other way on this one. Oh, the games they're they're going to be out. So they're going to yeah. Well, that's that's a game. Kellen Kellen Mond should play, not Sean Mannion. If that's the case, you should. They should be starting Kellen Mond. Why's that? Just to see what you know. Maybe he can do against uh, with some first team weapons. Um, uh, you know, because if they're if they're already other the playoffs, what's the point? And what do you what are you gonna play Sean Mannion for? You know, he's not gonna. He's he's, he's, he's the backup. Yeah, but he's, he's not ready? your quarterback. He's not your quarterback of the future. Maybe maybe Mond <laughs> could be your quarterback of the future. Maybe you know. He shows something in that final game where you're like, "Oh, maybe." I haven't actually heard an update
0: on Mond in several months.
1: Yeah, because he's he's third string, so he doesn't really get that much.
0: The last I heard was Mike Zimmer saying that he's nowhere near ready to play.
1: Yeah, but and also, I, I don't know how much they can judge him too, because I can't imagine he gets that many reps in practice. Right. Because um, Mannion's getting them all.
0: Right. Snap-on. You gotta go. You gotta go by the what
1: he does in the, <laughs> the meeting room right now. So and we don't know, but I'm
0: that. sticking with uh, Mond will throw a touchdown before <laughs> Mania never does. Yeah, in the NFL, uh, Yeah, sure.
1: I- I'll go with that. Um, my confidence level is is b- probably between low and and medium right now. Um, yeah, I'd say it's more likely that
0: Minnesota misses the playoffs than they make it, for sure.
1: And I and I said this, I said this recently, especially after they lost the Lions. Like, I don't know if making the playoffs would be good for this franchise moving forward. I'm going to root for them to make the playoffs, but oh, absolutely! I don't know if it would be good for the future for them to, you know, look at their team and be like, Oh, we're okay. We're still a playoff team. Let's, you know, bring back the same regime and try this one more time when they should make some pretty big changes this off season. Um, it's, it's time. It's time. to make Yeah. Some there's
0: some big, big decisions looming here. For instance, uh, Minnesota's decision with Daniel Hunter is going to be a big one. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know if they can really afford to keep him around the salary he's going to want with how he's no. been missing so many games. I I don't know if that's possible. Um, I I've made the argument in the past that Michael Pierce is getting paid a lot of money to do what Armand
1: Watts is doing for pretty mm-hmm. cheap. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, you missed you missed my. Oh, uh, I heard you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's a I, actually you know what, that's they got they should bring Mason Cole back. Um, I'd be okay with that. He he's done really. I could you could argue, what he's the third best offensive lineman behind uh, O'Neal and Cleveland this year for the Vikings. Nothing that when Darius has been healthy, he's been good. <laughs> that's true. I forgot about him, but he's been hurt. Um. But I think for what Mason Cole has been asked to do, I, 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 just being thrown in there, I, I'm happy with what he's been able to do. For but sure. this does open up kind of an interesting question because
0: as it sits right now, Minnesota will have a pick in, in the second half of the draft, most likely. Yeah. And they're left with a, quite a few needs. Oh, but nice. this could be a year where the offensive line isn't a first-round pick. And honestly... I don't think it really should be. No. That and you're left wondering out. okay, is it a pass rusher? Because with Daniel Hunter probably or maybe moving on, right. and the future of Everson Griffin kind of up in the air a little bit, yep. that pass rusher's got to be big. But you got the corner situation where you got to pay someone because Patrick Peterson is making a lot of money on a one year deal. Mm-hmm. Bashad Brieland's going to want to make some money be after all the starts that he's had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander is on a one-year deal. Might and have even a linebacker because Anthony Barr might be moving yep. on. Yep, I was just going to say that.
1: Um, and you know what? It's probably start time to start thinking about someone to replace Harrison Smith. But I, I think that when I talk to people about this, most
0: people will agree that the biggest need for the Vikings right now is on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Especially after those collapses and essentially every game this year. The defense has not not been good.
1: It hasn't been good since 2019. Uh,
0: and it's not for a lack of talent. They have some really good players. Eric Kendricks is absolutely amazing. I, I love watching him play. For sure. uh, Harrison Smith's getting older. He's probably on his last contract in the NFL. And hopefully he can retire a Viking just like Chad Greenway did because I know that I have a soft spot in my heart for Chad Greenway and the same, I have the same feeling for Harrison Smith. So mm-hmm. hopefully oh. he can wear purple and gold his whole career. Yeah,
1: I, I think he will. I, I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Um, speaking of the defense, I think uh, since 2019, the Vikings have, they, they don't have five of the seven assistant defensive uh, assistants they had in 2019. I think that's made a bigger impact. And, maybe some people realize let Yeah, their a
0: lot positional of, coaches and assistants get gutted every off season. It feels you know,
1: like maybe having your son as the co-defensive coordinator was such a good idea. Um but uh, And the son of the old offensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? He called he called a pretty good game though against the Steelers. I'll give him that. Um
0: The Clint? Yeah. For sure. I I I didn't like how repetitive it got in the second half with the run run pass. Yeah.
1: I, I can agree but with I that. But I don't
0: blame him for doing that with and how Jeff- the run was just dominating. If, if
1: Jefferson makes two two or three more catches, I think that second half is a different story. Yeah. Uh, for sure. All right. That's what I got for you today. Where can people follow you on Twitter, At I am
0: MN Viking Zombie on Twitter, where I talk about pretty much anything and everything. So it gets kind of crazy over there instagram i share a lot of photos mostly cats so if you like cats head on over there and check that out on twitch i do some movie reviews and the purple people podcast also streams over there on my mn viking zombie twitch channel uh you can catch some of my work over on the viking age which is where most of you probably know me from for sure i recently released an article with the six takeaways from this game against the steelers and I had a lot of fun with it. I I did, especially for a game that had me both on the edge of my seat and sitting back relaxing at times. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. And you can also see me over on fan side. It's Undead Walking, which is their site devoted to the Walking Dead. I usually publish an article or two over there every month just to talk about the zombies because I like the zombies.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think some Vikings fans are probably feeling like zombies uh, at this point, especially the ones over in the UK after that game. yeah our guy dean luckily he went to bed last night and didn't force himself stuff to stay up for all that because he probably would have regretted it all right uh go check out Adam's stuff follow him on twitter follow the viking age on twitter and facebook subscribe to this podcast on the apple podcast app spotify wherever you get your podcasts but until next time we will talk to you later